It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. It's great to have you listening and to be chatting with and helping so many of you in the e-commerce Master Plan World Facebook group. You can join in the fun there for free. Just search on Facebook for the e-commerce Master Plan World group or go to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook, which will take you straight there. This is the last takeaways bonus episode for a while, as I've got no conferences scheduled until September. Can you believe it? So after this one, it's all about the interviews for a few months. Last week, I was back in the warm hug of the DCA world again. That's the UK's Direct Commerce Association. It was their annual summit, which usually pulls in the big guns. So great for networking with the best and learning from the best as well. The good news for all of you is that there were also some stellar presentations that I shall be sharing with you shortly. It was a full single day with various streams and special workshops on the go. I stuck to the main conference stream and that's what I'll be bringing you updates from. However, I will be leaving some of it out as I ended up being responsible for presenting three sessions across the day. Two of those were planned and the third I picked up the day before after a scheduled speaker had to cancel last minute. Two of those sessions I just can't squeeze into this show, plus they were pretty visual. So I thought what I do is I rather than shortchange you by trying to squeeze them in here, uh, rather I'll present them as webinars over the summer so you can log in and get the full experience. The first of those is in a few weeks' time. It's all about making the most of your website and you can register for that at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash webinar. Nice and easy to follow that one. And the second's going to be in August and it's all about your advertising budget for Christmas. So keep your eyes peeled for that one. I won't be mentioning it on the podcast, but I will be mentioning it in our email. So make sure you signed up for that one. Okay. There's also another presentation from the day, which was, which was superb, but I'm not going to include because the presenter of that and the content of that is what this person was talking about in the podcast. In a couple of weeks' time, episode 109, we have Gabrielle O'Hare, formerly of Argos, who's going to be telling us all about how to manage content on our website, specifically images and video, all about how to make those products fly off the virtual shelves. So given you can listen to all that goodness straight from the horse's mouth, because we've got Gabrielle on the show, then uh, then I thought I'd leave that one for then. So I'm, I'm leaving that bit out as well. In a moment, I'm going to tell you what I'm actually going to be telling you about, because there's still a packed load of stuff that to, to keep in. Um, but before I do that, I just want to say a couple of mentions to some loyal listeners who came by and said hello to me during the day, which is always the highlight of my day, is, uh, is you guys coming and introducing yourselves to me and telling me a bit, bit more about your businesses and giving me some feedback about the podcast as well. It's always super useful. So first off, hello to Elizabeth Young and her colleagues at the National Trust. Awesome to have you listening. Please don't crash, as I know you listen to this going to and from work. So I hope that came at an opportune moment. Um, Now, next is Andy Richley of Chaos Control. Um, Great to catch up with you as always. And everyone at Sarah Raven too. Okay, let's get on with these takeaways. Though. What have I actually left in to tell you about? Well, first up, we've got some key trends in modern commerce. This was a bit of a controversial session, maybe, from the retail data guru, Kevin Hillstrom of Mind That Data. And I've pulled together some points from that that I think will really get you thinking over the summer. 
Then we've got Michelle Cock, who's from a publisher, more about that later, who looked at some really clever ways of looking at e-commerce. And I, you'll understand this one when I get to it. Uh, then we did partnerships. So how the big retailers are building partnerships to generate sales. Lots and lots of tips and tricks in that one. And then myself and Ryan Webb of Searchstar wrapped off wrapped up even the day with our 20 ways to dramatically improve your online sales. I've whittled this down to the top six. So we're going to finish off with those as kind of quick bullet point updates for you. So let's get started then. Key trends in modern commerce. For those of you who aren't familiar with Kevin Hillstrom, he's a bit of a customer data genius. Among other retailers, he used to be the vice president of database marketing at Nordstrom. That's an amazing American department store for those of you who haven't previously come across it. And he now runs a consultancy, MindThatData.com, where his average project generates a million dollars of incremental annual profit for a typical $100 million turnover business. So he's working with the big guys, which is what you've got to do if you're going to become an absolute genius at the data, because you need lots of data to do it. And he really, really knows his stuff. His session was an in-depth alternative look at the world of retail about getting back to the data and stop drinking the Kool-Aid. The Kool-Aid being multi-channel is awesome and you can focus on repeat purchase. Did I say controversial? Um, so I'm not going to attempt to repeat Kevin's presentation here. Rather, I'm going to pull out a few key points that will get you thinking. So rather than put the kind of the arguments together, I'm more telling you about the outcomes and, and the things you, you ought to be thinking about as you go, go through the, uh, the coming months. So social only works in certain demographics. If it's not impacting on your sales, you don't have to do it. And it surprises me sometimes we have to say things like this, but actually then I think about what I get up to and some of the things I spend time on that I really shouldn't. So if social isn't impacting on your sales, do something else. Um, Next point then, if you have bricks and clicks as options for the customers to buy, so you've got physical stores and you've got that website, let the customer choose how to shop with you. Don't spend lots of time trying to force them to shop via a channel they don't want to. It's not going to have a positive impact. And, not, and you know, often people are trying to shift people, shift consumers from buying in the bricks to buying in the clicks. Bricks tends to convert at a higher rate, so why not let them shop there if that's what they want to do? Of course, make sure that financially that stacks up for you. Um, next point then was stop discounting products that are your best sellers. As many of you know, I'm an absolute hater of this too. Um, now, he spoke about a project he was working on back in January where the retailer had a series of really well-selling products. They were doing great. They launched some new products and the new products didn't really sell. So to solve this, the retailer took 30% off everything. So they were giving away margin on products they didn't need to give away the margin on. Don't discount your biggest products. Don't do it. It's crazy. You're just giving that margin away or giving away your profit. It reminded me of the lessons about Black Friday that Julie Dean shared at the Catalyst conference. You can hear about that in the takeaways episode from that, which is episode 103.5, where she was saying about how um, the first time they did Singles Day in China, they followed all the advice, they gave away massive discount and it kind of did them in for a while. But then they, they stuck to only 20%. They still sold a load of bags, but they made profit, which they didn't the year before. 
And of course, don't forget my promotional golden rule, which is that a promotion exists to get the customer to do what you want them to do as cheaply as possible. So please, unless you desperately need cash coming into the business, do not discount all your products at the same time. Pick a category, pick a few, pick the ones which aren't selling and get rid of them. Okay, so uh, also Kevin was saying about keeping an eye on the big picture. Everything is interrelated, so you can't completely focus on one area alone. So you can't only look at marketing as the solution to solving a problem. You can't only look at your website as the place where you're going to find growth. You can't only consider product when you're trying to work out how to make the next step forward. You can't purely blame a lack of sales on customer service. All of these things are intrinsically linked, so you've got to keep your eye on the big picture. Um, analytics are not the answer. They just show you where the problem is. Oh, so true. If you want to know where the answer is, it's with your customers. Kevin was super keen on us starting to get creative with our marketing. This is, it's a point which, um, which is going to be made in a podcast we've got coming up, an interview with, uh, with Gwen from Naturalicious, who's spot on with this as well, which is we are, we often think, right, if I spend money on lots of money on ads, my business will be okay and I'll make sales. And that becomes a bit of a crutch to our creativity. That's a phrase from Gwen rather than one from Kevin. I've j- literally just recorded the interview with Gwen. It's very front of mind. Um, now, Kevin was making the point that customer acquisition, our effort and our spends increasingly focus on Facebook and Google ads, which means all the energy and the money and the creativity go there, which means we're not being particularly creative. Creative campaigns are those like um, Dollar Shave Club, who built a business on one awesome YouTube ad. Adobe, who get their podcast read out by Hollywood stars or Yorkie with their It's Not For Girls. Big creative campaigns that grab the consumer's attention, build the brand and get the, get the orders. So what can you do more creatively with your marketing? You also need to make cu- customer acquisition pay for itself. It needs to be profitable. The average US um, repeat purchase rate is 40% of last year's customers will buy this year. In the UK, it's slightly better at 45%. That's still pretty low. So if you want your business to succeed as well as it could, then you need to make sure you're making some money on that very first order. Kevin also talked about how it's not just about the marketing, it's about the product too, and about how people just don't focus on the product as much as they should, and how you should be adding new product regularly, you need to be optimising that product. It's a whole skill set in itself that's done by merchandisers. So the next point Kevin made was that merchandising and marketing need to work together to make it work. They can't operate in silos. That kind of reinforces the piece I was saying earlier about you can't look at just one place to solve your problems. And then his final point, and this is kind of like the real, which is going to get your brain going, was that retailers should start thinking more like big sports teams. In big sports teams, the most loyal customers pay the most. They pay for the season tickets, they pay for the best seats in the house, and they pay through the nose to get them. We tend to give our best customers the biggest discounts. In sport, the best events have no discounts. If you're going to the FA Cup final, you're going to pay more for those tickets. Black Friday, the biggest event in retail, we're all discounting. Um, Something new comes in every week in the world of sports teams. There's always something going on. Um, And think of your products as the players. You've got to make them work for you. And email is a great place to really develop those products and test and measure what's going on and what the customers are reacting to. 
Okay, so a little bit of a, a jumble of thoughts there from Kevin. Um, that's my fault, not his. His his presentation was a lot more cohesive. Um, but I'm just trying to kind of pull out those key takeaways for you. Okay, let's go on to some clever ways of looking at e-commerce. This was Michelle Koch. He is the CMO and e-commerce consultant at Time Inc., who are the UK's leading magazine publisher. They publish lots of niche interest titles and ship more magazines than anyone else in the UK. They have titles such as Cycling Weekly, Women's Weekly and Horse and Hound. So you can see proper niche or niche for our American listeners. Now, he was explaining how they've decided to focus on what they do best as a business. So storytelling. In order to find ways to monetize their audience and their publications as people increasingly turn away from print. E-commerce is a big part of that. And he's led that team to, to really focus on what the customer passion points are. So you've got the cyclists in Cycling Weekly. You've got knitting for Women's Weekly. Horses, horse events for Horse and Hound. What's the passion point and how can they find another way to monetize it? And find that problem or opportunity in each space where they are well placed to fill. In his words, he's looking for a creative business solution where one plus one equals three. What I loved about these examples is that they're following a kind of a lean methodology, a minimum viable product approach in each case. So they're finding the simplest way of getting it out there, be that an acquisition, be that simply putting it on a Shopify site, be that finding someone who's already got the skill set and the knowledge that's necessary and joint venturing with them. So they're testing lots of ideas simply before investing those big bucks so they can find out what's working and then invest in that and also making sure they've got the right solution for each of the opportunities they've found. For example, they bought the craft event business ICHF who run all the kind of knitting and stitching shows in the UK, partnering that one up with Women's Weekly. For Cycling Weekly, they've bought a site called UK Cycling Events where they can publicise and advertise those cycling events. They've also got about creating their own websites. They've created EQO, as I assume you how you pronounce it, it's E-Q-U-O, which is an event booking site for the equestrian market, which fits with their publication Horse and Hound. For Marie Claire, the women's fashion magazine, they've bought the UK licence to run Powder, which is a French beauty box business, and they've created the beauty products corner of grocery retailer Ocado as well. Really clever partnerships there. They're not reinventing the wheel, they're finding those ways of bringing it all together. My absolute favourite of what they've been doing is a site called The Knitting Network that they've done with Women's Weekly. At Women's Weekly, they've got a massive database of knitting patterns. So they've partnered with a family business in Kent who sell knitting supplies, mainly on Amazon, bringing the the family from Kent's abilities around knitting supply products together with all those patterns on Women's Weekly to create kind of a super duper e-commerce site focused on knitting. I guess the key takeaway here is, kind of following on from Kevin's piece, be a bit creative. Find the creative, simple solution and test before you invest. And of course, keep optimising. Those of you who are listening to the show, I'm not ending on that keep optimising. There is more to come. Do not switch off. We are not ending here. Okay, so partnerships. Obviously, that knitting network is taking partnerships kind of to the nth degree, fully forming a business together. But let's take a step back with this set of takeaways from the session on partnerships. It was a panel run by Parry Jones of The Specialist Works. And on his panel, he had Freddie Ward of HelloFresh, who are a subscription food delivery service. They deliver meals um, to you that you can then cook. Virginie Charles Deer of Toucan Box. 
They are a subscription site, a subscription service that sends you a box of craft projects to do with your children. And then Karen Walker from Charles Tirrett, who are a shirt uh, retailer, manufacturer and retailer. The three of them discuss different ways they're actively pursuing partnerships with other organisations as a creative and low-cost way to acquire new customers. So partnerships is where you find a business that's similar to yours and you swap something so as both of you win. Usually there's no money involved, you know, you're not paying each other for the opportunity. So it's usually a very low-cost way of acquiring customers. A bit like the Kevin session, I've um, bullet-pointed the key things from this one for you all. Parcel inserts really work. Charles Tirrett continued to do a lot of these. And this is when you put a thousand of someone else's flyers in your product parcels and they put a thousand of your flyers in their parcels. It's a tried and tested customer acquisition method. Um, I used to use it when I was retail side back in uh, 2004. And it was one of our best ways of recruiting new customers. And I chatted about this in episode 106 with Simon Rigby of Delicious Coffee, if you want to hear a bit more about it. To make any partnership work, the two businesses must have a common strategy. The key is finding the right brands to partner with. So think Lathwaite's Wine running the Sunday Times Wine Club as kind of like the nth degree that you could take this to. And it has to work for both businesses. That might mean you do a small test first, compare the results and then find a way of balancing it out so as you're both getting the same same performance from it. To really make a huge impact um, and increase your response rate, tailor your insert to the business you are inserting in the parcels of. So Toucan Box, subscription box of crafty things to do with your kids, created a special recipe you can do with your kids to put into the HelloFresh parcels. Simple but highly effective. An even simpler way of doing that is simply to put the logo of the person you're partnering with on the advert and that will increase the response. Other things you might want to swap that came up, um, we had the obviously the inserts which can go into parcels or into catalogues. Order confirmation page adverts, so when someone's finished placing their order with you, you, you send them off to someone else's site. Uh, adverts in your emails, uh, Facebook remarketing lists. Charles Tirrett are thinking about doing this. HelloFresh are currently testing it. And data swaps is a slightly more complex one. If you want to go down this route to find your partner or ideas for the sort of business to partner with, focus on what your customers would want. What other services are they actively buying? Where's there a good customer overlap? And try to find a warm way in. Do you know someone in the business you want to partner with? Do you have a supplier in common? Are you both part of the e-commerce master plan world Facebook group? Is there a way you can start the conversation? Because these do rely on a lot of trust. So the more trust you can have from day one, the quicker you'll be able to get this up and running. Okay, I hope you found those useful. Last up are these six ways to dramatically improve your online sales. Now, this was my third presentation of the day with Ryan Webb of Searchstar. We did 20 between us, but I've picked picked it down to six for you, three from each of us. And I'm going to do this pretty quick fire. So maybe think of this as the top tip section rounding off this particular podcast. OK, so the first three are from Ryan. The second three are from me. So Ryan was saying that uh, you should look at the search query reports in Google AdWords and use them to add negative keywords. That is so essential to optimising your keywords and your Google shopping campaigns. Please, 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 please regularly look at those search query reports at an ad group level and add in the negative keywords of the products of the um, that will remove the search terms that you don't want to be paying for traffic on. 
For example, if we go back to those knitting patterns that um, the guys from Women's Weekly are looking at selling online, they would want the negative keyword free because if someone's searching for free knitting patterns, they don't want them to find their business because they're not giving away free knitting patterns, to the best of my knowledge anyway. Okay, number two, scarcity messaging works. This is where you say, we only have three left of this. Low stock, not many available, limited edition. It really works to drive those purchases. That's a little neuromarketing tip from Ryan there. Number three, give Data Studio from Google a look. This is a free tool from Google um, and it's great for pulling in the, the data from your Google Analytics account, from other sources of reports that you've got and making it pretty. Um, so it will turn it into uh, essentially nice PDF reports that look like infographics. It's a great way of getting the message across to key stakeholders. You can set it to um, automatically produce those. So it can keep you really focused on the KPIs you need to be caring about. So not only is it pretty, it's also really effective. So that's well worth a play around with over the summer. Okay, now on to my three. So number four, gender split your Facebook ads. Um, Facebook ad performance is highly based on the image. The image impacts on 75 to 95% of the, or causes 75 to 90% of the impact of that ad. The image is critical. So men and women respond very differently to different images. So if you're putting ads out there on Facebook to both men and women and you're testing the images you're using to do that, be aware that the men and the women are going to respond differently. So you really want to split out every ad you run on on Facebook by one targeted at the men, one targeted at the women. If you find there is no difference and they always end up with the same images winning, then fine, stop doing that. But I highly recommend anyone who's using Facebook ads at the moment to try this out and see how big the difference is in response in terms of which image wins um, in the tests. Okay, number five, think very carefully about your promotions. I mentioned this earlier. Every promotion should get the customer to do what you want them to do as cheaply as possible. It's not rocket science. Give away the margin where you need to. Don't give away the margin everywhere. And number six, my neuromarketing one, use social proof. Please use social proof. Social proof is where you show that someone else is willing to buy from you or loves your product. So reviews in the press, customer reviews, five-star reviews, the actual words the customer uses, the pictures of customers using your product number of units sold, any of that counts as social proof and proves that other people like to buy from you, which will encourage new people to buy from you. So please, 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 please use social proof. Okay, those are my takeaways from the DCA annual summit. Some of my takeaways episodes in the past have been been really thought provoking. Others are packed with tips. And I think this one kind of straddles them both. So I hope it's not too overwhelming. If it is feeling a bit overwhelming, don't forget, you can get my script for this, typos and all, um, right there on the blog. There's no need to sign up or anything. You can just head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you'll find a link to the show notes for this this particular podcast. And then you can read it right there, print it out, scribble all over it, do whatever you want to do. Any comments or questions, please put them in the e-commerce Masterplan World Facebook group or in the blog post itself, and I'll get back to you. 
now next week it's back to interviews where I'll be chatting to Dan Fagella about how he grew Science of Skill. This is one you really don't want to miss, so make sure you tune in on Monday. Have a great, great week, everybody, and keep optimising. Thank you for listening to the E-Commerce Master Plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.